Blog Talk Radio. For all the news you need to know, welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. And welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. Want to say, want to say, want to say happy Tuesday um, to you guys out there. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you didn't know, the Beautiful Butterfly Show is brought to you by Vibration Radio, you guys, and YRN 1328. That means you're listening to a show that's being broadcast globally, uh, you guys. And this evening, um, we're welcoming a special guest. Uh, She was on uh, once before uh, with another author, um, a good friend of the show. And so today she is back, you guys. I'm talking about no other than LaVon Barber, you guys. She's on. Tonight she's bringing us her latest entitled Selfish Intentions. Mm -hmm. Uh, So tonight we're going to delve into this book um, and discover all the -the behind-the-scenes aspects that took a – place in creating this book as well as what LaVon plans to bring you guys in 2008 and so LaVon's going to be joining us this evening you guys and so if you're out there and at any time you have a question or a comment uh, you want to join the line feel free to call in the number is 347-326-9139 or you guys have questions you can send them up to my Via Facebook at Bianca Fly, and I'll be happy to ask your questions here live on the air this evening, you guys. And so, uh, what we're going to do, you guys, we're going to take a little commercial break. We're going to come back and we're going to welcome our special guest of the evening, you guys, LaVon Barber, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. There is a musical revolution coming. A mixture of jazz, soul, and funk. Topped off with the lyrical precision of 
the spoken one, Mr. Arrestus a day. Maybe we get this right. All right, LaVon, you there? I am here. <laughs> How are you? I am doing great. Uh, I look like the technical difficulty guys are trying to get me tonight, but I'm not I'm not going to let them stop us. Uh, so how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing really good. How are you today? Doing well, doing well. Thank you for coming by the show and joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, of course, um, last time you were here, uh, you were on with Angie Liddell, and you guys were talking about your collaboration uh, project. And so this time, um, you're back, and we're talking about your book, of course, Selfish Intentions. And, of course, for the folks uh, who this may be their first time getting familiar with you, getting to know you, uh, tell us a little bit about who is Arthur Levine. Well, I am just a round-the-way girl from the west side of Chicago, very laid back. I've been writing since I was a kid, probably about second grade, I want to say, I started writing. Um, Uh Started off writing short stories and plays. I went to a school of the arts, so they were really big on being creative. Um, So I penned my first novel, Girlfriends, actually, in 2000, but it did not get published and released until 2013. I followed mm-hmm. up with that with the Sideline Ho series. There were three parts to that story. And then Little Mama Needs Love, too. After that, I became self-published, and I released Dreams and Nightmares, which is a story loosely based off of my relationship with my twin flame. Okay. Behind that was the collaboration, he said, she said, with Angie Liddell, and now Self is Intention. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So for you, 
what has been that feeling like for you to become self-published? Because I know, you know it's different when you're up under a company, um, you, you know, kind of got to follow their guidelines, so to speak, or whatnot. But what is it like for you personally now to be a self-published author? It was really liberating. Now, yeah. even though I was uh, signed to a publisher, mm-hmm. I had free reign to do me how I wanted to do it. Right. So it didn't necessarily feel like I had to follow any set of rules. Like I, right. I was, I had creative freedom to do what I wanted mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. So the only difference is now is of course carrying the expense myself, but. Right. It's freedom. It is liberation. It is knowing that there is no middleman. Everything right. that you make was off of your own blood, sweat, and tears, and you get all of that back. Absolutely. 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 And so, of course, for you and in getting into uh, the literary industry, and you mentioned, you know, starting to write at such a young age, uh, what do you think piqued your curiosity? to get into writing and kind of expressing yourself um, through that form? You know what? I can't remember the name of the book. I remember bits and pieces of it. I Uh don't even remember who wrote it. All I know is the book followed a young lady and her aunt, and they were going on a road trip to Maryland. And they stopped on the side of the road, and they picked some mushrooms so that the aunt could put it in her spaghetti. It was a story, you know, black people. And Uh that story really did something to me. Like, even when I speak on that book, people are like, what are you talking about? I don't know who wrote that. (laughs) I don't know who wrote it. But that was the first book I remember reading besides, like, the Bernstein Bears or something like that. But that book really stood out to me. And so after reading that, I started, like I said, writing short stories and plays using myself and my best friends as the characters. So one of my teachers actually read one of my stories and encouraged me to continue to write. Of course, I didn't continue to write. But when I went off to college, it was like, this is not what I want to do with my life. I don't want to go spend all this money for something that I probably won't even want to do by the time I'm done. So (laughs) I dropped out of college. Oh, man. And I started back writing. <laughs> oh man, oh man. <laughs> yeah. And so of course, uh fast forward to actually uh releasing that first book. Uh what's the difference now? The the feeling, the anxiety, does that go away from releasing that first book to where you are now? It does not. The anxiety, in my opinion, never goes away. Because with every work that you do, you're feeling like, okay, this is going to be the one. This is the Uh one where everybody's going to know my name. And sometimes it doesn't turn out like that, but yet and still, there's still an anxiety of it being perfect and people really wanting to read it and getting to know who you are through your work. Right. Right. Absolutely. Going through this process um, of being a writer, being a self-published author and all of these things, for you, how have you found um, a way to create longevity um, in this industry? Because you have people who they might drop a book today, you never hear from them again (laughs) after that. And so what do you believe 
um, are some ways to create longevity um, as far as being in the literary industry? You can't give up, basically. Um, A lot of things take place in this industry that make you say, you know what, this isn't what I want to do. I can't deal with this. (laughs) This is petty. Like, it is a lot goes on because – yeah. Literally, I quit every other month. Like, I'm not doing this no more. Like, I'm thinking of these people. <laughs> but at the end of the day, my biggest fear is failure. So yeah. I don't want to get up one day and say, you know what? I could have really done something. I could have really made an impact, not mm-hmm. only on my life, but somebody else's. Because I, I right. tend to think that there's a message in every book that I put out. So Absolutely. just a fear of failing, I can't stop. I I just can't. Absolutely, absolutely. Being in in this industry, um, a lot of times people have uh, people that are their mentors or people that they they idolize and so forth. Who are some of Levon's favorite authors uh, that you have been inspired by um, over the years? Well, some of my favorite authors are Jay California Cooper, Carl Weber. Mary Monroe, Al Sadiq oh, Banks. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Al Sadiq Banks. Heather <laughs> Ray. And also, I really love Fabiola Joseph. Like, it's just yeah. something about their writing <laughs> that does something to me. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. very often you find, you may read a book and you're like, I read this before. I read this before. In fact, you right. haven't read it before, but so many books sound alike. That you yes, think you've read so it before. So, so when I find someone whose work is like a breath of fresh air, that's like the best thing ever. Because I have a problem <laughs> reading these days. Like, I will buy a book, I'll support, you know, but actually reading the book, it, there's a slim chance that I'm not going to. Right. And I mean, it's just really what it is. Like, there, there's been an overwhelming lack of creativity as mm. of late. So yeah. I don't want, I don't even want that to taint what I do. So. And that is so true. Um, a lot of times, uh, especially for me, uh, because uh, reading books, writing reviews, um, sometimes I thought, and this is real talk, that I was reading the same book. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of had to go back and look at the front cover like, oh, okay, this is a different author, different title. However, um, you know, and it was crazy because it happened to me, um, I believe, the early part of the year. I was actually reading two books, and they were pretty much identical. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, um, if the authors were um, aware of it, uh, but they were pretty much identical with just different titles and, you know, the different um, cover looks. And so, LaVon, what do you think? What do you, why do you think people are lacking this creativity? Because, you know, you see other people creating books and, and titles, and it, it, it would seem that most people would say, you know what, I'm going a, I'm to a stray away from that. I'm going to go a different route. Why are people in the literary industry lacking um, some creativity these, these days? I think it's because they're riding the wave of what they see other people do. A lot of people are afraid to step outside of the box and write what they want to write. They're writing for everybody else, which that's the number one mistake, I think. You know, yes, you have your fan base, and yes, there are things that they want, but you can't always give somebody what what they want. 
So right. with the influx of the I'm in love with a savage and the hood boy <laughs> thing, don't get me wrong, I love those, yeah. those you know, yeah. I love them, but there's only so many ways that you can twist those stories that they don't sound like somebody else's. And I think right. that's the hard part about it. You know what I mean? Like, even for my mm-hmm. first book, Girlfriends, I stepped way outside of the box with that. I didn't care what nobody else thought. That book is about three gay men. Two of them lived their lives as women. And so that book isn't available right now, but I plan to re-release that book in 2018. And of every book that I've ever written, that is by far my most favorite one because I didn't follow the same guidelines that everybody else followed. I stepped out and did what I felt like needed a voice at that time or a story that needed to be told that could possibly help someone. Absolutely. With this, uh, and for you um, as an author, how do you strive yourself not to get caught up in that? As, okay, well, this is what's popular, this is what seems to be selling. How does LaVon stray from kind of falling in line um, with, with what other folks are doing? Individuality is everything to me. I don't like to be categorized. I don't like to be put into a box. This is even Mm -hmm. in my everyday walk in life. Like, you know how, like, on the car, say objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Like, there's so much more to me than what you think you see. So Mm. I don't want to fall into that same routine. Like, I have to create my own lane. I have to do me the best way because, like, your creativity a lot of people aren't creative. So when you do have a form of creativity, you eat, bleed, breathe, just everything about that. And you have to have your own niche in your own, on your own thing, because there can only be one me. There can only be one of somebody else. Like I don't right. want to move and look and sound like anybody else. I have to be right. my own individual person. Right. Right. Absolutely. And um, uh, we actually uh, have a question from a listener, uh, Christina from Dallas, Texas. Uh, she wants to know what what ways uh, do you suggest that new authors go about pitching their book? Uh, she says, I've had issues in the past of pitching my books to others all to find my work are stolen from me uh, by other individuals, which I've heard of this happening a lot. So it happens a how lot. Does she, yeah, how do you know how do, how do authors, especially upcoming authors, new authors, um, not fall into this trap? Don't pitch your book to anyone. <laughs> and <laughs> no, seriously, like don't pitch yeah. it to anyone. If you're looking to go and be published by someone, that's one thing. If you're looking to self-publish, that's a whole different monster all by itself. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. everybody is not who they seem to be. Everybody doesn't have your best intentions at heart when they say that they're going to help you. So the best thing that you like, even with my test readers, I have them sign a document stating, I cannot tell anybody about this book. I cannot share mm. what the cover art looks like. I can't talk about a character. I can nothing. They they have to be mom until I tell them yeah. that they can say something about it to somebody right. else. Because oftentimes people will hear your idea and like, no, nah, ain't nobody going to read that. And then you turn around that same person 
puts out your ideas. So it's best right. to hold things to your chest. As, as excited as you may be and want to share that information with somebody, people that you probably know your entire life, you can't even tell that story to. So, mm-hmm. again, if, if she's looking to be published by someone, then, of course, you have to share some of that. But you don't have to give them the entire story. You're just giving them three chapters. Now, if they want the rest of the book and you're, you plan to sign a deal with them, then she still has to have her rights to it. So get it copyrighted before you give it to that person. That's the Absolutely. only thing that's going to keep her work from being stolen from her. Otherwise, she's Absolutely. just giving it away. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great advice. Great advice. And if you're just tuning in, folks, we are on with author LaVon Barber, you guys. She is the author of Selfish Intentions, you guys. And so... Um, if you're on here, uh, you can go ahead and press 1 if you got a question or a comment or just want to show us some love. Uh, or if you're out there, you can call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number. All you have to do is press 1. We'll be happy to hear from you guys. Um, and so uh, what I want to do is I want to take a short break. We're going to come back. We're going to get to these callers on the line, and then we're going to sell um, some uh, into this book, you guys, of the evening. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of LaVon Barber, you guys, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. What do you get when you fuse together a smooth, debonair man with an explosive volcano attitude? Mr. Quincy O'Reilly, a man living a secret life that he has perfected in keeping a secret. With his hidden profession, that is how he would prefer it to be. Who doesn't like the element of surprise? A true businessman by day and mysterious man by night. Will he be able to maintain the two without getting caught? Innocent and sweet doesn't mean powerless. Just ask Kaylee Jack, who has now had the chance to encounter meeting Quincy. Driven to stake claim in the one man she wants, she tackles the obstacles thrown her way, determined that nothing will stand in her way could be deadly. What happens when Quincy's secrets are revealed? Who will be set free? Who will be pulled deeper into a mysterious world? Or will the lies and secrets destroy anyone in its path after the smoke from the gun has cleared? Check out Quiet Storm by Arthur Deidre Lachey. Available on Amazon.com and www.blackbeautypresents.com. And welcome back, everyone, to the beautiful Butterfly Show. This evening, you guys, we are joined by the lovely LaVon Barber, you guys, author of Selfish Intentions, you guys. And so uh, we're going to go to the phone lines because we've got a couple of people on here waiting to anticipate. We're going to go to area code 925, last digits 4748. State your name and where you're calling from. My name is Angie. I'm calling from California. Okay, what's going on? 
Hey, Bianca. Hey, Ron. <laughs> How are you, darling? I'm good. I just called and y'all know I'm at work sneaking. So Listen, I'm you ready to say I know you're girl. undercover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got patience in the room. Don't tell nobody. So I just called in to support my ink sister and ask, where do you see yourself on in five years? In five years, I will be self-employed. I will be a New York Times bestseller. I will have multiple businesses under my belt. That's what I'll be all doing right. in five years. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Speak it. And at that time, Bianca, you'll be... Um, on a uh, national network, and we'll be calling in to, you know, get our interviews again, so don't get too oh, busy. absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, I appreciate that. And we appreciate yeah. you calling in and hanging out with us. Oh, yeah, you know I'm listening. I'll put it on mute so y'all can't hear okay. the crying baby. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Okay. Thanks for your support. Right, <laughs> Welcome. LaVon was like, I knew those answers. They, they've they already been planned. I've been <laughs> Listen, I, I keep getting glimpses of my future. I, I yeah. see it. I yeah. receive all of yeah. that. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to go to our next caller here. Um, area code 770, last digits 1401. State your name and where you're calling from. This is Robert White. How you doing, Miss Bianca? Hey, LaVon. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Um, I just wanted to ask you, LaVon, um, selfish intention, is that a, that's a standalone, correct? Yes, it's a standalone. Okay. Because I'm still, I haven't, I haven't got around to read, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, you I know what, it's a standalone, but I do, I, I'm, I'm going to, there's going to be a spinoff. So, but oh, okay. definitely a standalone with a spinoff. Okay, I just want to make sure, and I like what you said earlier when I was listening, when you were saying um, how um, authors write the same, and what I find with me being an average reader is I try to change it up every other week or so. I don't try to just stay on this urban lick all the time or uh-huh. read a, like a memoir, a romance, a thriller. Right. That's what keeps me interested and keeps me going, and I do like that. And I have a feel that yeah. you're author too that you are, you're not gonna cave in to your fans, and I like that too because some authors they cave in their fan like they'd be like write a classic book and they'd be like you know that's that's the end of it, and then the fans come we want more and they'll cave in they'll write a spin off to that one so.
three, four books, stop it. But she don't never have to end this series if it was left up to me. What series is that you're talking about? A Dollar Out of 15 Cents by Caroline McGill. Yeah. I don't know her. I'm going to have to yeah. look her up. Thank you. Oh, oh, please do. Please do. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're going to love it. <laughs> Every book that I've ever read by her really left a huge impression on me. I could, matter of fact, I would classify her as one of my favorite authors. Now okay. that I think about that, right. it'll, leave, it'll leave a lasting impression. Okay, I just want to call in and show some love to you and Miss Bianca. Oh, well, thank you, Robert. We definitely appreciate you, and thank you for continuing to support all of us, as as you always do. Of course, I got to. (laughs) I'm gonna just thank you. Y'all have to. I'm gonna continue to listen. You too. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Bye bye. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, we're gonna go to area code five one zero. Last digits nine eight eight two. State your name and where you're calling from. Hello, it's Carrie. How are you? I'm calling from hey, California. Hi, Hello, Carrie. How Hello, how are you? Hi, Bianca. Hi, LeVon. It's nice Hello. to meet you, LeVon, because we've not met before. But oh, we have not. With my girl, Angie. So, you know, when I saw <laughs> your name come up, you know, I had to put the alarm on my phone, even though I still got here a few minutes late. But I'm here. So, yes. greatly appreciate that. <laughs> So I apologize again that I missed the beginning of your interview, but my question, and if you already covered it, I apologize for making you repeat it. Um, what specific genre do you write in, and do you see yourself stepping outside of that genre in the future and writing in another my, one? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't classify myself into any genre. Um, okay. I consider my books to be real-life fiction, and what I mean by that is, it's real life. It's things that people can relate to. Um, all of my books is either something that I've been through personally or someone mm-hmm. that I know, and I've seen it firsthand. So I'll take that and mix it with my imagination to bring the overall story. But I am definitely mm-hmm. stepping outside of said box, even though I don't consider myself to be in one. Um, and I am going to write a book about a little black girl who was in esoteric sciences. So I'm going to step outside of my box with that one. Wonderful. Oh, that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. Yes. Um, and do you see any future collaborations coming up for you? Yes, I do. I do. Um, actually, Angie and I are doing another collaboration that we're working oh, on. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> We're doing another collaboration, and I'm looking forward to that. We have great oh, writing okay. chemistry. Absolutely. Yes, you Absolutely. do. And he said, she said, you couldn't tell when the voice changed. It seemed like one just cohesive author voice. It was very mm-hmm. impressive. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. So, I just wanted to say congratulations on your success. And I Thank wish you further success in the future. And do you have any um, book signings coming up? Um, I do not have any coming up. I'm done for this year. But more than likely, I'll probably be doing uh, Jessica Watkins' fourth annual um, Urban Book Expo here in Chicago. So I think that's okay. probably the only um, event that I'm going to do next year. 
Okay. So, Alrighty. Yeah. Awesome, All right. Awesome. Thank you so thank much you for calling in. Call. Thank you for hey, calling. Thank you. Of course. All right. Le- uh, LeVar, what you over there cooking? Because I want some because it, it sounds You hear it. <laughs> yes. I'm like, LeVar over there cooking. She got me hungry. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I am cooking some catfish fillets, oh, some yellow man. rice, and green beans. Oh. That's right up my alley. That's right up my alley. <laughs> but besides, <laughs> besides writing, this is my other love. I love to cook. Love, 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 love to cook. Amazing. And folks, if you're just tuning in, we are on uh, with LaVon, Barbara, you guys, and we're getting ready to um, discuss her books, her book, uh, Selfish Intentions, you guys. Uh, but what I want to do is we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and uh, get ready uh, to meet these characters um, in uh, Selfish Intentions, you guys. So don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be right back more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Hey everybody, how y'all doing? This is Lyrics Brown, author of the Law to the Hustle series 1 and 2, also author of the Devil's Calling Car 1, 2, and 3, all available on Amazon. And when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Bianca Fly here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be easy. And coming up, folks, uh, for 2018, um, this author, T, um, invites you to the first annual book festival, a literary affair taking place in Gaffney, South Carolina, uh, March 9th through the 10th, 2018, uh, with special authors, um, Blacktop, K.F. Johnson, Lynette Edwards, Clever Black, and Shadris Denise. Um, They're going to take place um, here at this event. Uh, They're going to have authors coming from everywhere, authors who have been nominated for awards, new authors uh, who are looking for readers to discover their craft. Um, Also, the CB Book Club. Um, They will also be handing out five Helping Hand Awards. Um, There will also be some surprises. So you just um, might hear your name called. Uh, So make sure you guys go and connect with Ms. Arthur T. on Facebook for the first annual book festival uh, where you guys can, um, as authors, you can uh, have you a table, vendor's table, uh, sell your book. Meet uh, your avid readers um, and some new readers for your works as well. So that's going down uh, March 9th through the 10th, you guys. The first annual uh, book festival of literary events brought to you by uh, Ms. Arthur T. You guys, make sure you go and connect with her um, on Facebook as well. And so this evening, you guys, we are joined by LaVon Barber. We're going to be talking about Selfish Intentions. And, of course, with this book, um, LaVon, we end up meeting uh, some very, very interesting characters. Uh, We got London, Cheyenne, Melanie, and Destiny, uh, who um, have been friends for a while. And like many of us, 
uh, who have friends. All of us kind of go through our individual things and so forth. And so tell us a little bit about Selfish Intentions. Uh, what, are, what are the readers going to be in store for when they meet these four characters? Well, when you meet the four characters, you're going to love some of them, and you might even hate some. But at the end of the day, what it all boils down to is how some people like to keep up facades. Um, One of the main characters, London, she's one of those people that know it all. She has to have the best life possible by any means necessary. And what I mean by that is she lives in this bubble and wants everyone to think that she has this perfect marriage when in all actuality it isn't as perfect as she wants it to be or thought that it was. Then you have her best friend, Cheyenne. Cheyenne is just that female that is hell-bent on succeeding. There's nothing more important to her than her degrees and her career. She doesn't need a man. She doesn't need children. She just needs her money and, you know, be as independent as she possibly can be. So, you know, she falls in love with someone who people think she really shouldn't have fallen in love with in the first place. However, they go on a roller coaster ride of BS, um, all by way of a friend from their past. So um, a a young lady that they went to high school with actually came back onto the scene because she found London on Facebook. And with her came a whole lot of drama, a whole Mm -hmm. lot of jealousy, and Mm -hmm. she just brought everything to a head and everything came to the light for most of them. Then you have Miss Destiny. Destiny is one of those people that has to keep it real at all costs. And her form of keeping it real is really dumbing herself down in the worst way. She's college educated. She has a real estate license. She has all these different degrees and things, but she's not using them. She's staying in the hood. She doesn't want to leave. She messes with no good guys. And You know, it took for the guy that she was madly in love with to bring her to her lowest point for her to reach her ultimate potential. Wow. So last and certainly not least, we have Melanie. Melanie is the one that she doesn't like black men. She only likes her father and her brother because of something that another black man did to her. Mm. So... You know, she is having an identity crisis because she's in love with a Caucasian man. His mother is racist. And even though she is in love with him, she doesn't want to give herself to him because she feels as though he's going to do her like everyone else. And she can't really deal with the, the unnecessary spares and things that come along with their relationship. So it's it's really something. Absolutely. And and just, you know, hearing, you know, descriptions of the characters and once people have the opportunity um, to read this book, you will be surprised how many Londons you know. You might be London. (laughs) You know, you'd be surprised how many Cheyennes and, and Melanie. And I know a lot of Destiny. Uh, you know, oh, I so, know a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Yes. And so it's 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 interesting. Um and I think it's great the way you capture these characters because it depicts what so many of of, of us as women um deal with and how we uh-huh. re- represent ourselves to other people. Um especially yes. And I have to talk about Destiny because that's the one that sticks out a lot. And I've been seeing a whole lot of conversation, especially through social media, about us as women. And I'm going to get specific, as especially as black women, dumbing mm-hmm. ourselves down for the sake of having a man, for the sake of, Absolutely. you know, trying to get in a relationship with someone. And, you know, it it frustrates me because you think about how hard – so many of us have pushed and strived to whether it's getting that yeah. education, getting that job, getting that career to all kind of throw that in the trash, you know, just to entertain uh, someone, you know, so that your your bed doesn't get uh, cold at night. And so, you exactly. know, it's, it's very interesting uh, that there is a lot of destinies um, over the world. What did you and, and I have to ask, where did you get or what inspired you to create um, Destiny? Uh, because she is, I mean, she she could be a number of, of women in this world. Definitely. Um, what inspired me to create her? Like I said, I like for my characters and the situations to be realistic and believable. Yeah. So. Yeah. Given that so many women are like Destiny, it was very easy for me to make her someone that people can relate to, whether mm-hmm. it's them, whether it's someone they know. We all know a Destiny. And, Absolutely. you know, it's like no matter how hard you try to encourage your friends to do better or be better, they're still going to be and do what they want to do until they come right. to that point of coming undone. So she had to come undone in order to realize that she was so much better than she was giving herself credit for. She was better than her situations and circumstances. She was better than the men that she allowed into her bed. She was so much better than just existing because she didn't want people to think that she was not keeping it real. You Mm -hmm. can keep it real and move somewhere else. You don't have to change who you are as a person, but sometimes your area code needs to change. Sometimes your circle of of men that you date needs to change. Mm -hmm. As you evolve, everything needs to evolve with you. You can't be ascending and staying on the same plane at the same time. That'll never work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that's something we as women um, have to really strive to work on, because if you're still seeking the same type of guy that you were seeking in the ninth grade and and you in your 30s, you know, (laughs) there's there's a problem with that. Yeah, something something's wrong, Uh, you know, especially when it comes to the mentality. And and we've all had those experiences, whether it's ourselves or with our girlfriends, where we have met Mm -hmm. men. And we knew, we knew good and well that that wasn't the person that we were supposed to be with. That wasn't where our life was supposed to go. But we talked ourselves into it like, girl, he going to change. You know, girl, he going to get it together. (laughs) You know, know, we we encouraging ourselves to believe, you know, that this relationship is actually going to go somewhere when we know in our heart 
that it's not, but because we are seeking that companionship, you know, we're seeking love in, in all the wrong places, you know, we, we kind of deal with it and, and go with the flow, you yeah. know, so to speak, so. Yeah, yeah. Because there, there's absolutely nothing worse than seeing someone 30-plus or 40 years old yeah. and they're in a relationship with a man that's still hugging a block. He's in jail. It's like, lady, yeah. you are – you get nothing. Like, this yeah. is not yeah. cute. It wasn't cute when you were younger, and it definitely is not cute now. Right, right. So. Absolutely. Absolutely, Ed. Uh, we got another caller here, a uh, caller from area code 281-6588. State your name and where you're calling from. My name is Reginald. I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Welcome. Hi, Reginald. Reginald. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Ms. Barbara. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I wanted to ask you a question. You just touched on something I find very interesting. You mentioned Mm -hmm. about doing better and being better. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, what are some of your initial goals for 2018? My initial goals is continuously evolving outside of who I am. I am a person that embraces change. I think things are supposed to change. Nothing is ever supposed to stay the same. And, you know, I challenge myself by being open-minded to that and knowing that there is something better than what sometimes we even see with our own natural eye. So you have to look at things sometimes from a spiritual standpoint, like, okay, yeah, I plan to be self-employed, but beyond being self-employed, what's the next step after that? So for every goal, there needs to be a bigger goal than the one that you've already set so that you can continuously evolve and become a better version of yourself. What is the difference between the Miss Barber today compared to seven years ago? What have you learned about yourself as far as being on this journey? I have grown up. <laughs> I've definitely grown up. I've I've never been an immature person, but I think a lot of things that I may have been a little naive to, I'm not fooled by those things like I probably would have been when I was in my 20s. You you just can't pull the wool over my eyes on a whole lot of things. I discern and see things and people and situations for what they are. So seven years ago, because of the journey that I was on at that point in my life, I didn't look through the same lenses that I'm looking through now. So my vision was a lot more cloudy then versus now. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I find a lot of people have a tendency to look through things through a kaleidoscope vision instead of understanding Mm -hmm. the, the bigger picture. But I just wanted to tell you how impressed I am as far as your journey. I know your journey will continue on a positive level. Oh, it's my pleasure, and thank you so much for allowing me on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You just blessed my whole spirit tonight. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You have a good evening. Bye. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Great questions. Great questions, you guys. And uh, if um, some of you guys... I want to get back on here. Just press one and then press one again, and I'll let you come back on here if you got another question or comment uh, for LaVon. LaVon, I wanted to ask you as well, speaking of the character um, Melanie, um, and Melanie is one who doesn't want to date uh, black men, and and she, Mm -hmm. uh, she, you know, has a preference 
uh, for other races and so forth. Do you think, um, especially nowadays, we as women, uh, regardless of our race, get a lot of, hmm, us, uh, you know, a lot of negative feedback from people, especially in our community, if we desire to date somebody outside of our race? Yes. Okay. So for me personally, I believe love is love, period, right. point to the blank. It doesn't right. matter what color the person is. It doesn't even matter their sexual orientation. If this person makes you happy and they help you to become a better version of yourself, by all means, you be with that person and you love on that person. But a lot of people in our community tend to think that they're selling out by doing so. And I don't think that's the case. You know, a lot of us are evolving. A lot of us are down with the conscious black movement now. But even with that being said, you may still come across someone who steals your heart and they don't come from the same background as you. And that's not saying that you shouldn't be with that person because, oh, I'm pro-black and I'm conscious. You could be Mm -hmm. pro-black. You can love your people and you still can love outside of what you are. That's right. not going to stop you from being and doing your miss, your mission for your people and for your community. Mm-hmm. That's not going to stop it in the least bit. But then you have some people who are having that identity crisis because we have been programmed to hate ourselves. From the things right. we see on TV from way back down our ancestral line, we have been programmed to not be there for one another, to turn our backs on each other. We are the only demographic of people that do not come together for anything. And when we do come (laughs) together, it's fleeting. It's for a small amount of time. Oh, let's get this 15 minutes of airtime, and then you go about your business, I'm going to go about mine. You, You have to stick to it. So for some people, they don't even like the fact that they are melanated, that they are kissed by the sun, that they are the being of God. They can't handle that. And it's okay because at some point they're going to have to wake up and realize that this is who I am. Take me this way. I'm not anything other than what I am. I love you anyway. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And for you, writing this book, LaVon, why was it so important for you? Um, because I heard when Carrie, act, well, um, I think it was Carrie or Robert one, but we were talking about genres and you mentioned that you're not, you don't put yourself in any, any uh, genre specifically. You write on real life issues. Why was it important for you um, as an author to come from that angle and talk about things that are actually taking place in our homes and in our lives, um, you know, on on a daily basis for some of us? Because it's important. Um, Again, going back to our demographic, we are the most hush-hush, don't-tell people, and sometimes it's okay to talk about things. You know what I mean? Like there's a stigma in our community where, you know, they don't think black people go – see uh, psychiatrists and things like that. If more of them did or more of us did, a lot of the problems that we've been harboring, a lot of the hurt that we've been harboring, we can work through those things and right. not be so ashamed of it. You know what I mean? Like, right. Right. I don't care how bad the situation is or what has happened in your life. 
something good always comes out of that situation. Mm, But what people don't understand is you will Mm. constantly go through the same cycle of situations over and over again until Mm -hmm. you, number one, acknowledge it, accept it, and let it be what it is so that you can release it and go on to your next level. People can't even think that far to understand that. You know, so... You you just can't hold on to stuff. Let it out. <laughs> Let it out. Yes, we are very private. We don't want anybody in our business, but at what cost? We are probably one of the strongest people, but we hold so much in until it kills us. We have right. to live. <clears throat> we can't just exist. We have to live. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lynette. Uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, she wants to know, how do you think that we as women, especially black women, can show more compassion for one another? It seems the more that some of us get successful, the more we seem to separate ourselves from one another. How do we get back to where we support each other and stop this crab-in-the-barrel mentality when it become, when it comes to our sister's? It's funny she asked this. Um, just last week, we in, in one of my favorite book clubs that I'm a part of, Keys and No Lock, we actually had a discussion amongst the ladies in the group about mm-hmm. grown women problems. So a lot of mm-hmm. different topics and things came up. And, right. and one of the questions was, why can't women come together and support each other? And how can we go about doing that? I think that there needs to be more organizations situated around sisterhood. A lot of times we can't beat the people a particular way because we don't know how to. So sometimes we have to have that model to us in order for us to get it and to understand. Some people do know what being a friend is, and they will exude that to, you know, people closest to them. But oftentimes, even in those situations, some people, when you – maybe shine a little bit more than them, they think that that's dimming their light. It's not somebody else's shine or glow up or whatever you want to call it. It's not going to dim your light. All of our lights have its own wattage, you know what I mean? And, you know, no matter what someone else, is, what someone else does, we all have a time and a season for those things in which we do. So when it's not our time season, it would be good to have a sisterhood of women that you can go to that can encourage you. But one thing that I've learned is to surround yourself with the type of people that you strive to be like. You know what I mean? Like, And sometimes that's easier said than done. If you want to be a socialite, you have to be around socialites, but how do you get to that point? So I just think that it's constantly bettering yourself and working on yourself. Like, like attract like. So regardless if it's somebody you've known your entire life or someone you meet you met a week ago, you can meet somebody that will drastically change your life for the better because you're modeling what you think sisterhood is or what you're looking for in a friend. So I, I think just continue to be the best, uh, the best, the best that you can be, and like-minded people will see your light that has that similar light, and they will kind of migrate towards you. So it's all about build, building a sisterhood more often than not. Absolutely. Um, Deja uh, from Houston, Texas, um, she wants to know, why do you believe uh, there is not a lot of support amongst authors 
in the literary industry. Oftentimes, we're going to book signings, book festivals, and kind of kiki with one another. But oftentimes, we're not supporting one another. We don't buy each other's books. We don't uh, show uh, support for one another. Why is this the case? That's funny she said that. I remember a segment. <laughs> I just did a segment. Um, I just did a segment on the Author's Corner, and my segment that I do on there is called Author's Tea. And okay. the segment that I just recently did um, was called Where's the Love? And, mm-hmm. you know, what I meant by that, it wasn't a romantic type of love, but it was love within the African-American literary community. And this kind of goes with the same question that the young lady before her had. It's the crab in the barrel mentality. It's thinking that someone is going to take your readers, your shine, or whatever it is, but there's strength in numbers, <laughs> whether people want to believe that or not. There's definitely strength in numbers, so you don't have to – you know, um, shy away from a particular group of people or a group of authors because you feel that they're better than you. No one right. is better than you but you. You know what I mean? Right. So even right. if someone is reaching uh, the New York Times bestseller list, and that's the thing, these people aren't even striving for New York Times bestsellers list. They're striving right. for Amazon ranking. Right. You know, so, right. oh, <laughs> this person's been number yeah. one on Amazon for – that's Amazon, mm-hmm. like, dude, it, it's, <laughs> it's a whole world outside of Amazon. But right. there's enough right. readers and money out here for everyone. It's Absolutely. that crab-in-the-barrel mentality. It's the programming. You have to unlearn the things that you've been taught your entire life. Mm-hmm. I I live by the motto, change your mind, change your life. Once you change your, your thought process and the way that you think about things and the way that you go about it, I promise you your life will change drastically. And a lot of people don't seem to know that or even get that. So rather than, oh, I don't want to read their books because they're with this publishing house. Oh, my readers can't read from them. You you can't go over there because they're doing that. Like, that's the dumbest, excuse my language, shit that I've ever heard in my life. Like, it's I mean, just think how many people are on this planet. And then everybody almost reads, like, just find what you, your niche. Put it out there. You might right. not get hits right away, but at some point, they're going to catch on. They have no choice right. but to catch on if you be steadfast and continue to work at what you're doing. Nobody could ever dim your shine, but it's sad to say I don't see the support coming anytime soon. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's one of those things, uh, I think, with um, a, a good bit of every author um, that has been on here, even some who have, <clears throat> excuse me, been New York Times bestselling author, that seems to always be an issue. You know, the genuine support amongst authors. I think you have, you know, some um, just like in other, you know, other industries uh, that kind of stick together and they support one another and so forth. And so, and, and then I saw that where there was a discussion about, you know, authors buying other authors' books and, and how oftentimes that's not happening either, you know, because not. those individuals are so concerned with selling their books 
<laughs> they're not, you know, mm-hmm. they're not concerned about buying or supporting what someone else has going on. Absolutely. And so the that love seems is, to be, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the, the frustration. The, the love is so one-sided, you know, like yeah, people want yeah. to support, support, support. And people think support is just buying a book. It's more than buying right. a book. Support is telling right. people about it. Support is sharing a link. But right. oftentimes you go so hard for other people, and when you see that they're not going hard for you in return, which you shouldn't do things for people to be that way back to True. you. But True. in this industry, if we don't have each other's back, who's going to have it? Now, right. I found myself not supporting in the manner that I once did. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm, I'm not going to go hard for you if you're not going hard for me, period, point, into the blank. And there are some authors out here where I will seriously go hard for. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy the book. I'm going to buy the paperback. I'm going to buy the ebook. You know what I mean? Like, even though I said I don't read these days, I'm going to scroll all the way through so that you can get your money. <laughs> like, I'm going to share your link. I'm going to tell people about your work, but it, it's tough. It's it's tough. Like you can't. Oh my God! You just it's disheartening, and this is a part of it that makes you not want to do it because you like I'm doing all of this. We're doing all of this because it's a, a very small number of us that actually want to see everybody win, but we're opposed because. There's a greater number of people who are all about self and no one else. And Absolutely. I mean, like they they tell their readers you can't read their books. Like it, it's sick. It's sickening. Their book cults out here. <laughs> Absolutely. And let's see here, Ebony, uh, Ebony from Ohio. Uh, she wants to know what has been your um, one of the lessons that you learned early on uh, by being in the literary industry, what what has been that big learning lesson that you learned very early on? Trust no one and stay true to yourself. Hmm. <laughs> you have to. Wow. And yeah. I mean, I, I say trust no one, but there will be some that will show you that they're very trustworthy. And those okay. are the ones that you stick with and those are the ones you trust but Mm -hmm. the industry is so grimy like people are calling each other's brothers sister you're acting like there's a family situation going on and they're stabbing you in your back they're stealing your money they're stealing your work like it's so underhanded and it really doesn't make any sense because it's like, how far do you think you're going to go with what you're doing? Like, we're not even mainstream. Like, we are independent. Like, we're we're on a smaller scale. What do you think you're about to do with this? What are you gaining from this, really, besides losing one of the most loyal people you could possibly have had on your team? That's the only thing you've done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Denise. Uh, from Los Angeles, California, she wants to know, what are some of the best ways um, that LaVon believes that authors can market their books? Um, yes, a lot of folks now are sharing links and so forth, but what are the best ways that she has found um, that actually gets um, books sold? Face-to-face contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a people person, believe it or not. 
But I knew that with this being what I want to do with my life, I knew that I had to come outside of myself and really show that, yes, I'm introverted, but I can be extroverted. And just people get a better feel for you and what you're selling by seeing you up close and personal, opposed to just dropping a link in a group, just dropping a link on a page. And sometimes we get caught up in that because we think it's the easy way to do it. No, because mm-hmm. when we're constantly dropping links over and over and over and over again, some I'm going to scroll right past it or somebody's going to scroll right, oh, here she go again. No, I'm not going to do it today. You can still drop your links, but have a method to your madness and have a particular time of day or particular days that you do it. But right. that face-to-face contact works best than anything in my opinion because people see your sincerity they can tell if you really believe number one in yourself and in your product period absolutely so you just have to get out there absolutely one of the things um when getting out here and getting into the literary industry you're choosing to um, open yourself up, you know, open yourself up to a lot. Um, and as authors, uh, readers, you know, leave reviews and, and feedbacks on your books. Some authors choose to take those, you know, um, those reviews personally. I've, I've seen some of the, the outlash <laughs> that came across mm-hmm. yes. on social media. Um, how how do you, how do you handle that feedback or that, that, you know, criticism, maybe good, bad, indifferent. How do you handle that um, as an author, and what do you do with it? I take it for what it is. You know, I note it, and I apply it where it needs to be applied. One thing I understand is everybody's not going to like what I write. You know, so if the person is writing an honest review, Mm -hmm. and if they are, you know, they're not bashing what you're doing. They're just saying, hey, you know, I think it could have been a little bit better or whatever. You have to take that for what it is so that you can continuously hone your craft. You cannot get mad because people don't necessarily like what you put out. You can't be mad about that. For me, I think it makes me a better author because I take it for what it is. And when I sit down to write the next book, okay, this was said about this book. Let me not make the same mistake twice. So if people right. can take it like that, and, you know, I think it'll it'll be a whole lot better. But I've seen people go off and, oh, they gave me one star. Da, 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 da. Like, dude, it will be okay. <laughs> <laughs> it it could have been worse. <laughs> you right. know, it will be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. so you just you just can't you have to have a thick skin. If you don't have mm-hmm. a thick skin, this is not the industry for you. You're not gonna survive. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And what we're going to do, folks, uh, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. And uh, LaVon is going to tell you guys where you can go to purchase all of her books and especially Selfless Intentions and uh, let you guys know what she has in store uh, for her readers for 2018. And so we're going to take a little break, you guys, get a little uh instrumental jam session on over here on the beautiful Butterfly Show. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
Hello, it's the Doc of the Doe and Doc G, and you're listening to the sounds of the beautiful butterfly herself, Beyonce Fly. Welcome to the beautiful butterfly show. Maintain the bliss, baby. PM Dawn Dawn. Hey y'all, it's Coach Michelle Jackson. And when I'm not busy coaching, motivating, or writing, I listen to Bianca Fly on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Bianca Fly takes me high on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And speaking of the Beautiful Butterfly Show, listen folks, we are... Now open uh, for those of you guys who want to take open uh, the opportunity to get your music, your book, your business, your brand promoted on the Beautiful Butterfly Show and the Vibration Radio Network and YRN 1328. Um, Now is is the time. Uh, Submit your info at thebfyshow at gmail.com. Listen, you guys, uh, a lot of folks are saying, I don't have the money to invest. Hey, guess what? Sometimes you have to take time uh, to invest in yourself, but we got um, budgets and rates for every budget size option. Believe me, you guys, if you are interested in um, having your commercial play on the Beautiful Butterfly Show and the network, um, connect with us today, or you can hit me up on Facebook at Bianca Fly. Uh, but guess what, folks? Tonight, we have been having an amazing conversation with author LaVon Barber, um, author of Selfish Intentions, you guys. And uh, man, LaVon, uh, 2018 is just a few steps away, <laughs> literally. Uh, and so what does LaVon have in store for us? Um, or what do you have some things planned, um, you know, just for yourself uh, for 2018? Well, for 2018, I am going to go harder with my line of natural bath and body products that I make. I'm actually going to add some more stuff and kind of push that a little bit more because I've let that little baby fall to the wayside a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Outside of that, my first five books I am re-releasing. Get my rights? Yes. I can't (laughs) put my work back out there in these streets. So I'm I'm gonna re-release those. Uh, I have actually three books that I'm working on now, uh, three standalones that I need to do, and the collaboration with Miss Liddell. I'm working. Like, listen, oh I gotta God. accomplish my goals <laughs> by any means necessary. I was Absolutely. not designed to work for anybody for all of my life. I just can't do it. So. It's time to go hard or go home. Absolutely, absolutely well said. And so, um, LaVon, for the people out here um, who want to go, they want to purchase your books, um, as well as connect with you, um, give them that information. You can purchase uh, Selfish Intentions 
Dreams and Nightmares that he said, she said on Amazon.com, or you can order them directly from me. You can reach me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LaVon the Writer, L-E-V-O-N-N-E, the Writer. I am on Instagram as well as Twitter at LaVon Writes, L-E-V-O-N-N-E-W-R-I-T-E-S. Absolutely, absolutely, you guys. And, of course, um, I have to ask you, um, at the end of the day, um, what does LaVon Barber want her legacy to be? Uh, and I know we talked about, um, Angie asked about five years, but even 10, 15, 20, 50 years from now, what does LaVon Barber uh, want to be known and, and represented as? I want my legacy to be that she was brutally honest. She did things her way, and she made a way when there was not one bound to kick doors down and leave an impression on people that they will never be able to let go of. I love that. I love it. I love it. And uh, I am just uh, excited for you um, because with your personality, I can definitely tell you are driven. Uh, in every every uh, way of it, and I'm looking forward to see what is to come um, of you. And uh, I'm just thankful um, for you being able to pour uh, pour yourself, but pour some realism um, into these books and into these characters that you choose um, to share uh, with us and the readers and so forth. And so I'm definitely uh, looking forward to uh, seeing more um, upcoming works um, from you. And I know you said that you and Angie are going to be working on something. I know that's going to be uh, fantastic as well. And so um, I am just definitely looking forward uh, to seeing great things happen uh, for you in 2018. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate Having the opportunity to be back on your show This was a wonderful time Absolutely Definitely my pleasure you guys uh, Make sure you go and you purchase uh, Selfish Intentions um, And get caught up You guys uh, Before uh, she releases uh, Some more works uh, For you guys And so once again LaVon Thank you so much for coming on here uh, definitely had an uh, enjoyable me. time having you on the show this evening. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate you. Absolutely. My pleasure, you guys. And you have a great rest of your um, evening, and I'll be talking with you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, you guys, that was Arthur LaVon. Barbara, make sure you guys go um, head over to Amazon to purchase her, just her book as well um, as connect with her on Facebook, um, Instagram, all of those great avenues um, so that you can keep up to date on her releases, things that uh, places she may be at, and all of those great things to continue, continue to support um, our authors, especially our self-published authors. As LaVon uh, talked about early in the broadcast, you know, being a self-published author, everything relies on you. All the money to sow into things comes directly from you, so they are their own source. Uh, so make sure you guys uh, treat yourself. Hey, it's the holiday season, and people are in the spirit of giving, so give somebody um, a couple copies of Selfish Intentions, you guys. And so 
Uh, with that said, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here, uh, but I hope each and every one of you uh, continue to have a magnificent uh, rest of your day. And uh, as always, we appreciate you guys so much uh, for tuning into the Beautiful Butterfly Show and supporting us to all of the callers who called in this evening. Uh, we definitely appreciate you and thank you for taking the time to support not only LaVar and Barbara, uh, but myself uh, over here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. So you guys, we're going to get ready to get out of here. We're going to play some now by Malone. Make sure you guys head over uh, to Twitter um, and check him out at Malone Music. Um, and so he is an awesome, awesome, awesome songstress. Um, he actually did um, some background um, singing for uh, the amazing Selena Johnson. So make sure you go, guys, go check out Malone Music on Facebook and Twitter, you guys. So this is now. Uh, but I'll see you guys Thursday um, right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You never know who's going to come through. Um, so I'll see you guys next time. Have a good one. Oh, I want you right now. Yeah, right now, now. You see, time waits for no one. So let's go.
Not now, but right now. 